Section 36 of the Epidemics of the Middle Ages by Eustace Hecke Translated by Benjamin Guy Babington This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Sweating Sickness, Appendix, Continued The Preservation Infection by the air and impure spirits by repletion thus found and declared to be the causes of this pestilent sweat, or English ephemera, let us now see how we may preserve ourselves from it, and how it may be remedied if it chance with less mortality. I will begin with preservation. That most of all doth stand in avoiding the causes to come of the disease, the things helping forward the same, and removing that which is already had and gotten. All be done by the good order of things pertaining to the state of the body. Therefore I will begin with diet where I left, and then go forth with air where I began in treating the causes, and declare the way to avoid infection, and so forth to the rest in order. Who that lusteth to live in quiet surety, out of the sudden danger of this English ephemera, he above all things, of little and good, must eat and spare not. The last part whereof will please well, I doubt not, us Englishmen, the first I think never a deal. Yet it must please them that intend to live without the wretch of this disease. So doing, they shall easily escape it. For of that is good can be engendered no evil, of that that is little can be gathered no great store. Therefore healthful must he needs be, and free from this disease, that useth this kind of living and manner in dieting. An example hereof may the wise man Socrates be, which by this sort of diet escaped a sore pestilence in Athens, never fleeing, nay keeping close himself from the same. Truly, who will live according to nature and not to lust, may with this diet be well contented. For nature is pleased with a little, nor seeketh other than that the mind void of cares and fears may be in quiet merrily, and the body void of grief may be in life sweetly, as Lucretius writeth. Here at large to run out, until my breath were spent, as upon a commonplace, against the intemperance and excessive diet of England, the incommodities and displeasures of the same many ways, and contrary, in commendation of mean diet and temperance, called by Plato Sophrosini, for that it concerneth wisdom, and the thousand commodities thereof, both for health, wealth, wit, and long life, while I might and lose my labor. Such be our English fashions rather than reasons. But for that I purpose neither to write a long work but a short counsel, nor to weary the readers with that they lust not to hear, I will let that pass, and move them that desire further to know my mind therein, to remember what I said before, of little and good eat and spare not, whereby they shall easily perceive my meaning. I therefore go forth with my diet, wherein my counsel is, that the meats be healthful and wholesomely killed, sweetly saved and well prepared in roasting, seething, baking, and so forth, the bread of sweet corn, well leavened and so baked, the drink of sweet malt and good water kindly brewed without other dross nowadays used. 
No wine in all the time of sweating, except to such whose sickness require it for medicine, for fear of inflaming and opening, nor except to have be well sodden water. In other times, old, pure, and small, wishing for the better execution hereof, an oversight of good and healthsome victuals, there were appointed certain masters of health in every city and town, as there is in Italy, which, for the good order in all things, may be in all places an example. The meats I would to be veal, mutton, kid, old lamb, chicken, capone, hen, cock, partridge, pheasant, falfare, small birds, pigeon, young peacocks, whose flesh by certain natural and secret property never putrefy as hath been proved. Conies, pork of mean age, neither fat nor lean, the skin taken away, roast and eaten cold. Tarts of prunes, jellies of veal and capone. Young beef in this case a little powdered is not to be dispraised, nor new eggs and good milk. Butter in the morning with sage and raw fasting in the sweating time is a good preservative, beside that it nourisheth. Crabs, crevices, pickerel, perch, ruff, gojan, lampreys out of gravelly rivers, smelts, dace, barbell, gornard, whiting, soles, flunders, place, millers, thumbs, menus with such others, sod and water and vinegar with rosemary thyme, sage and whole maces, and served hot. Yea, sweet salt fish and linge, for the salt's sake wasting the humors thereof, which in many fresh fishes remain, may be allowed well watered to them that have none others and well like it. Not all fishes, no more than all fleshes, be so evil as they be taken for, as is well declared in physic, and approved by the old and wise Romans, much in their fishes, lusty Chartusians, never in fleshes, and healthful poor people more in fish than flesh. But we are nowadays so unwisely fine and womanly delicate, that we may in no wise touch a fish. The old manly hardness, stout courage, and plentifulness of England is utterly driven away. In the stead whereof, men nowadays receive womanliness, and become nice, not able to withstand a blast of wind or resist a poor fish. And children be so brought up, that if they be not all day by the fire with a toast and butter, and in their furs, they be straight sick. Sauces to meats I appoint first above all things good appetite, and next olives, capers, juice of lemons, barberries, pomegranates, oranges and sorrel, verjuice and vinegar, juice of unripe grapes, thieves or gooseberries. After meat, quinces or marmalade, pomegranates, oranges, sliced, eaten with sugar, sake of the piles or barks thereof, and of pomeciders, old apples and pears, prunes, raisins, dates and nuts, figs also, so they be taken before dinner, else no fruits of that year, nor raw herbs or roots in salads, for that in such times they be suspected to be partakers also of the infected air.
of air so much I have spoken before as it pertaineth to the declaration of infection thereby. Now I will advise and counsel how to keep the same pure, for so much as may be, or less infected, and correct the same corrupt. The first is done in taking away the causes of infection, the second by doing in all points the contrary thereto. Take away the causes we may, in damming ditches, avoiding carrions, letting in open air, shunning such evil mists as before I spake of, not opening or stirring evil breathing places, lending muddy and rotten grounds, ferrying dead bodies, keeping canals clean, sinks and easing places sweet, removing dunghills, bucks and evil savoring things, inhabiting high and open places, close toward the south, shut towards the wind, as reason will and the experience of M. Varro in the pestilence of Corsera confirmeth. Correct in doing the contrary, we shall in drying the moist with fires, either in houses or chambers, or on that side of cities, towns, and houses that lieth toward the infection and wind coming together, chiefly in mornings and evenings, either by burning the stubble in the field or wind falling in the woods, or otherwise at pleasure. By which policy skillful Akron delivered Athens in Grecia, and divine Hippocrates Abderan in Thracia from the pestilence and preserved from the same other cities in Greece, at diverse times coming with the wind from Ethiopia, Illyria, and Paeonia, by putting to the fires well-smelling garlands, flowers and odors, as Galen and Serranus write. Of like policy for purging the air were the bonfires made, as I suppose, from long time hitherto, used in the midst of summer, and not only for vigils in comforting the spirits also, and by altering the air with sweet odors of roses, sweet perfumes of the same, rosemary leaves, bays, and white cinders cut, a few cloves steeped in rose water and vinegar roseate, the infection shall be less noyous. With the same you may also make you a sweet house, in casting it abroad therein, if first, by avoiding the rushes and dust, you make the house clean. Have always in your handkerchief, for your nose and mouth, both with you in your house and without, either the perfume before said or vinegar roseate, and in your mouth a piece either of setwell or of the root of annula campana, well steeped before in vinegar roseate, a mace or berry of juniper. In want of such perfumes as is before said, take of myrrh and dry rose leaves, of each a like quantity, with a little frankincense for the like purpose, and cast it upon the coals, or burn juniper and their berries. And for so much as cleanliness is a great help to health, mine advice is that all your clothes be sweet-smelling and clean, and that you wash your hands and face not in warm water, but with rose water and vinegar roseate cold, or else with the fair water and vinegar wherein the piles or barks of oranges and pomegranates are sodden, or the piles of pomeciders and sorrel is boiled. 
For so you shall close the pores against the air, that it readily enter not, and coal and temper those parts so washed, according to the right intent in curing this disease. For in all the discourse, preservation, and cure of this disease, the chief mark and purpose is to minister such things as of their nature have the faculty by cooling, drying, and closing, to resist putrefaction, strength, and defend the spirits, comfort the heart, and keep all the body against the displeasure of the corrupt air. Wherefore it shall be well done, if you take of this composition, following every morning, the weight of 2d, in six spoonfuls of water, or julep of sorrel, and cast it upon your meat as pepper. Rx. Seis citri acetos, ros, rup, sandal, citrin, an, three i. Poli, armeni, oriental, three i, s, ter, sigil, three s, margarit, three i, fol, auri, puri, number four, misce, and f, pul, dividatur, at pond, three s. Or in the stead of this, Take fasting the quantity of a small bean of Mithridatum, or Venice treacle in a spoonful of sorrel, or scabious water, or by the self alone. And in going abroad, have in your hand either an handkerchief with vinegar and rose water, or a little musk ball of nutmegs, maces, cloves, saffron, and cinnamon, of each the weight of 2d, finely beaten, of mastic, the weight of 2d ob of storex, 5d of laden, 10d of ambre grise, 6 grains, of musk, 3 grains, dissolved in right muscadel, temper altogether and make a ball. In want of mithridatum, or such other as I have before mentioned, use daily the syrups of pomegranates, lemons, and sorrel, of each half an ounce, with as much of the waters of tormentil, sorrel, and dragons, fasting in the morning and one hour before supper. A toast in vinegar or verjuice of grapes, with a little powder of cinnamon and setwell cast upon it, or two figs with one nut carnel, and ten leaves of rue in each, and a little salt. Or butter, rue, and sage with bread in the morning, eaten next your heart, be as good preservatives as there be easy to be had. These preservatives I here point the more willingly among many other further to be fetched, because these may easier be had, as at hand in need, which now to find is my most endeavor, as most fruitful to whom I write. And this to be done I counsel in this sickness time, when first you hear it to be coming and begun, but not in the fit, always remembering not to go out fasting. For as Cornelius Celsus writeth, venom or infection taketh hold much sooner in a body yet fasting than in the same not fasting. Yet this is not to be understand that in the morning we shall straight as our cloth is beyond, stuff our bellies as full as Englishmen, as the French man saith to our shames, but to be content with our preservatives, or with a little meat both at breakfast, 
if custom and need so require dinner and supper. For otherwise nature, if the disease should take us, should have more ado against the full belly and fierce disease than it were able to sustain. After diet and air followeth filling or emptying. A filling in the name of repletion I spake before. Of emptying I will now shortly write as of a thing very necessary for the conservation of man's health. For if that which is evil within be not by good means and ways well fed out, it oftentimes destroys the life. Good means to fed out the evil stuff of the body be two, abstinence and avoidance. Abstinence in eating and drinking little, as a little before I said, and seldom. For so more goeth away than cometh, and by little and little it wasteth the humours and drieth. Therefore, as I ween, through the counsel of physic, and by the good civil and politic orders, tendering the wealth of many so much given to their bellies, to their own hurts and damages, not able for want of reason to rule themselves, and thereby inclined to all vices and diseases. For the avoiding of the same, increase of virtue, wit and health, saving widows, making plenty, avoiding loathsomeness or weariness, by change in taking sometimes that in the sea, and not always destroying that of the land, an order without the which nothing can stand, and commonwealth, days of abstinence and fasting were first made, and not for religion only. Avoidance, because it cannot be safely done without the help of a good physician, I let pass here, expressing how it should be done duly according to the nature of the disease and the estate of the person in another book made by me in Latin upon the same matter and disease. Who therefore lusteth to see more, let him look upon that book. Yet here thus much will I say, that if after evacuation or avoiding of humours the pores of the skin remain closed, and the sweating excrement in the flesh continueth gross, which thing how to know hereafter I will declare, then rub you the person meanly at home, and bathe him in fair water, sodden with fennel, chamomile, rosemary, mallows, and lavender, and last of all, pour water half cold over all his body, and so dry him and clothe him. All these to be done before the end of the spring, that the humours may be settled and at rest, before the time of the sweating, which cometh commonly in summer, if it cometh at all. For the turmoiling of the body in that time, when it ought to be most quiet, at rest, and armed against his enemy, liketh me not best here, no more than in the pestilence. Yet for the present need, if it be so thought good to a learned and discreet physician, I condescend the rather. For as in this, so in all others before rehearsed, I remit you to the discretion of a learned man in physic, who may judge what is to be done and how, according to the present estate of your bodies, nature, custom, and property, age, strength, delight, and quality, time of the year, with other circumstances, and thereafter to give the quantity and make diversity of his medicine. Otherwise, look not to receive by this book that good which I intend, but that evil which by your own folly you undiscreetly bring. 
for good counsel may be abused. And for me to write of every particular state and case, which be so many as there be men, were so great almost a business as to number the sands in the sea. Therefore seek you out a good physician, and known to have skill, and at the least be so good to your bodies as you are to your hosen or shoes, for the well-making and mending whereof I doubt not but you will diligently search out who is known to be the best hosier or shoemaker in the place where you dwell, and flee the unlearned as a pestilence in the commonwealth. As simple women, carpenters, pewterers, braziers, soap-ball-sellers, pulters, hostelers, painters, apothecaries, otherwise than for their drugs, avaunters themselves to come from Pole, Constantinople, Italy, Almagne, Spain, France, Greece, and Turkey, Ind, Egypt, or Jewry, from the service of emperors, kings, and queens, promising help of all diseases, yea, uncurable, with one or two drinks, by waters six months of continual distilling, by aurum potabile, or quintessence, by drinks of great and high prices, as though they were made of the sun, moon, and stars, by blessings and blowings, hypocritical prayings, and foolish smokings of shirts, smocks, and kerchiefs, with such others their fantasies and mockeries, meaning nothing else but to abuse your light belief, and scorn you behind your backs with their medicines, so filthy that I am ashamed to name them, for your single wit and simple belief, in trusting them most which you know not at all, and understand least, like to them which think fair fowls have fair feathers, although they be never so evil-favored and foul, as though there could not be so cunning an Englishman as a foolish running stranger, of others I speak not, or so perfect health by honest learning as by deceitful ignorance. For in the error of these unlearned resteth the loss of your honest estimation, dear blood, precious spirits, and sweet life, the thing of most estimation price in this world, next unto the immortal soul. For consuming of evil matter within, and for making our bodies lusty, galliard, and healthful, I do not a little commend exercise, which in us Englishmen I allow quick and livish. As to run after hounds and hawks, to shoot, wrestle, play at tennis and weapons, toss the windball, skirmish at base, an exercise for a gentleman much used among the Italians, and vauding upon a horse. Bowling, a good exercise for women, casting of the bar and camping, I count rather a laming of legs than an exercise. Yet I utterly reprove them not if the hurt may be avoided. For these a convenient time is before meat. Due measure, reasonable sweating, in all times of the year, saving in the sweating time. In the which I allow rather quietness than exercise, for opening the body in such persons specially as be liberally and freely brought up. Others, except sitting artificers, have their exercises by daily labors in their occupations, to whom nothing needeth but solace only, a thing convenient for everybody that lusteth to live in health. For else is none other thing, so not health can be long durable. Thus I speak of solace, that I mean not idleness, 
wishing always no man to be idle, but to be occupied in some honest kind of thing necessary in a commonwealth. For I count them not worth meat and drink in a commonwealth that be not good for some purpose or service therein, but take them rather as burdens unprofitable and heavy to the earth, men born to fill a number only, and waste the fruits which the earth does give, willing sooner to feed the Lacedaemonians old and crooked ass, which labored for the living so long as it could for age, than such an idle Englishman. If the honesty and profit of honest labor and exercise, conservation of health, preservation from sickness, maintenance of life, advancement, safety from shameful deaths, defense from beggary, displeasures by idleness, shameful diseases by the same, hateful vices and punishment of the immortal soul cannot move us to reasonable labor and exercise and to be profitable members of the commonwealth, let at the least shame move us, seeing that other countrymen have not, by their own wit, diligence, labor, and activity, can pick out of a cast bone, a reddened straw, a light feather, or a hard stone, an honest living. Nor ye shall ever hear them say, Alas, master, I have none occupation, I must either beg or steal. For they can find other means between these two. And for so much as in the case that now is, miserable persons are to be relieved in a commonwealth, I would wish for not favoring the idle, the discretion of Marcus Cicero the Roman were used in helping them, who would compassion should be showed upon them whom necessity compelled to do or make a fault, and no compassion upon them in whom a fault made necessity. A fault maketh necessity, in this case of begging, in them which might labor and serve, and will not for idleness, and therefore not to be pitied, but rather to be punished. Necessity maketh a fault in them which would labor and serve, but cannot for age, impotency, or sickness, and therefore to be pitied and relieved. But to avoid punishment and to show the way to amendment, I would again wish that for so much as we be so evil disposed of ourselves to our own profits and commodities without help, this old law be renewed, which forbiddeth the needy and impotent parents to be relieved of those their wealthy children, that by them and their means were not brought up either in good learning and science or honest occupation. For so is a man without science as a realm without a king." thus much of exercise and for exercise, to the which I would now join honest company between man and woman, as a part of natural exercise, and help to the emptying and lighting the body in other times allowed, in this sweating time for health's sake, and for fear of opening the body and resolving the spirits, not approved, but for doubt that with lengthening the book I should weary the reader." Therefore I let that pass and come to sleeping and walking, which without good order be greatly hurtful to the body. For avoiding the which I take the mean to be best, and against this sweat most commendable. But if by excess a man must in either part offend, I permit rather to watch too much than to lie in bed too long, so that in watching there be no way to surfeiting. All these things, duly observed and well executed, 
which before I have for preservation mentioned, if moreover we can set apart all affections as fretting cares and thoughts, doleful or sorrowful imaginations, vain fears, foolish loves, gnawing hates, and give ourselves to live quietly, friendly, and merrily, one with another, as men were wont to do in the old world, when this country was called Merry England, and every man to meddle in his own matters, thinking them sufficient as they do in Italy, and avoid malice and dissension, the destruction of commonwealths and private houses. I doubt not but we shall preserve ourselves, both from the sweating sickness and other diseases also not here purposed to be spoken of. The Cure or Remedy But if in leaving apart these or some of them, or negligently executing them, it chances the disease of sweating to trouble our bodies, then, passing the bonds and compass of preservation, we must come to curation, the way to remedy the disease, and the third and last part, as I first said, to be entreated in this book. The principal intent hereof is to let out the venom by sweat according to the course of nature. This is brought to pass safely two ways, by suffering and serving handsomely nature, if it thrust it out readily and kindly, and helping nature if it be let it or be weak in expelling. Serve nature we shall, if in what time soever it taketh us, or whatsoever state, we straight lay us down upon our bed, if we be up and in our clothes, not taking them off, or lie still if we be in bed out of our clothes, laying on clothes both ways, if we want, reasonably, and not loading us therewith unmeasurably. Thus laid and covered, we must endeavor ourselves so to continue with all quietness, and for so much as may be without fear, distrust, or faint-heartedness, an evil thing in all diseases. For such surrender and give over to the disease without resistance, by which occasion many more died in the first pestilence in Athens that I spake of in the beginning of this book than otherwise should. Our keepers, friends, and lovers must also endeavor themselves to be handsome and diligent about us, to serve us readily at all turns, and never to leave us during four and twenty hours, but to look well unto us, that neither we cast off our clothes, nor thrust out hand or foot during the space of the set four and twenty hours. For all be the great danger be passed after twelve hours, or fourteen, the last of trial, yet many die after by too much boldness, when they think themselves most in surety, or negligence in attendance when they think no necessity. Whereby it is proved that, without doubt, the handsome diligence or careless negligence is the saving or casting away of many. If two be taken in one bed, let them so continue, although it be to their unquietness. For fear whereof, and for the more quietness and safety, very good it is during all the sweating time that two persons lie not in one bed. If with this quietness, diligence, and order the sick do kindly sweat, suffer them so to continue, without meat all the twenty-four hours, without drink until the fifth hour, if it may be, always taking heed to them in the fourth, seventh, ninth, and eleventh hour specially, 
and 14th also as the last of trial and danger, but of less in both. For these be most perilous, as I have observed this year in this disease, having the hours judicial as others have their days, and therefore worse to give anything in for troubling nature standing in trial. Yet where more danger is in forbearing than in taking, I counsel not to spare in these hours to do as the case requireth, with wisdom and discretion, but less than in other hours. In the fifth hour, give them to drink clarified ale, made only dulcet with a little sugar out of cruet, or glass made in cruet fashion, with a neb, for fear of raising themselves to receive the drink offered, and so to let the sweat by the air striking in. But if the sick on this wise before said cannot sweat kindly, then nature must be holpen, as I said before. And for so much as sweat is leaded in this disease fewer ways, by disorder, weakness of nature, closeness of the pores in the skin, and grossness of the humors, my counsel is to avoid disorder by such means as hitherto I have taught, and next to open the pores if they be close, and make thin the matter if it be gross, and provoke sweat if nature be weak. Those you shall do by gentle rubbings and by warm drinks, as hereafter straight I will declare. And for that every man hath not the knowledge to discern which of these is the cause of let in sweating, I will show you plainly how to do with most surety and least offence. I will begin with weakness of nature. Therefore, remember well that in treating the causes of this disease, I said that this sweat chanceth commonly in them of the middle age and best lust, the infection having a certain concordance or convenience with the corrupt spirits of them more than others. Know again that nature is weak two ways either in the self, or by the annoyance of another. In the self, by want of strength consumed by sickness or otherwise. By annoyance of another, when nature is so overlaid with the quantity of evil humors that it cannot stir. Between these two, set your wit, and see whether the person be lusty or sickly. If he be lusty, Understand that the sweat doth not stop for weakness of nature in itself. Then, of necessity, it must be for some of the other causes. But for which, thus no. Consider whether the lusty person were in foretime given to much drinking, eating, or ravening, to much ease, to no exercise or bathings in his health, or no. If all these you find in him, Know that both nature is weakened by the annoyance of the humors, and that the skin is stopped, and the humors gross, and that for this the sweat is leaded. If you find only some of these, and that ravening, annoyance is the cause. If want of exercise or bathings, stoppings of the pores and closeness or grossness of humors, or both be the cause of not sweating. On the other side, if the person be sickly, it is easily known that his weakness consisteth in nature the self. And for so much as weak folks and sick shall also by other causes not sweat, consider if in his sickness he hath sweat much or no, 
or hath been disposed to it and could not. If he neither hath sweat, nor could sweat disposed, know that closeness of the skin and grossness of the humor is the cause. Therefore, everything in his kind must be remedied, weakness of nature by drinks provoking sweat, closeness and grossness by rubbing, as I said. But beware neither to rub or give drinks except you seek cause, as before said. For otherwise the one hindereth nature, and the other letteth out the spirits and wasteth the strength. Therefore, accordingly, if rub you must, give to the sick into their beds a new and somewhat hard kerchief, well warmed but not hot, and bid them rub all their bodies over therewith under the clothes neither too much, neither too little, nor too hard or too soft, but meanly between, taking you heed which be about them, that by stirring their arms they raise not the clothes to let in the air. Tis done, if case so require, give them a good draught of hot posset ale, made of sweet milk turned with vinegar, in a quart whereof parsley and sage of each half one little handful hath been sodden, with three slifts of rosemary, two fennel roots cut, and a few whole maces. Always remembering here, as in other places of this book, to heat the herbs in a pewter dish before the fire, or wash them in hot water, before you put them into the posset ale, and that you put there, too, no cold herbs at any time during the whole fit or give them posset ale hot with rosemary, titane, and germander, or bayberries, anise seeds, and calamints, with claret wine, sodden, and drunk warm, or white wine, with hoar and wild tansy, grown in meads, sodden therein, and two d weight of good treacle, drunk hot, or in the stead of that, wild tansy, mugwort, or fire few. These provoked sweat may easily be had, and be meetest for them which have all the causes before said of letting the same. But specially if for cold and gross humors, or for closeness of the skin, the sweat cometh not forth. If with one draught they sweat not, give them the other, or two successively, after half one hour between, and increase the clothes, first a little above the mean, after, more or less, as the case requireth, and make a little fire in the chamber of clean wood, as ash and oak, with the perfume of bdellium, or sweet wood, as juniper, fir, or pine by themselves, remembering to withdraw the fire when they sweat fully, and the clothes above the mean, by little and little, as you lay them on, when they first complain of fainting." And after twelve or fourteen hours, some also of the mean, but one after another by half one hour successively with discretion, always not looking so much to the quantity of the sweat as what the sick may safely bear. And in such cases of fainting, suffer competent open air to come into the chamber, if the same and the weather be hot, for smothering the patient by such windows as the wind lieth not in, nor openeth to the south. Put to their noses to smell vinegar and rose-water in a handkerchief, not touching them there with so nigh as may be. 
caused them to lie on their right side, and bow themselves forward, call them by their names, and beat them with a rosemary branch, or some other sweet-like thing. In the stead of posset ale, they which be troubled with gouts, dropsies, rheums, or such other moist evil diseases, chancing to sweat, may drink a good draught of the stronger drink of guayacum, so hot as they can, for the like effects, as also others may, not having these diseases, if it be so ready to them as the other. After they once sweat fully, mine advice is not to give any more posset ale, but clarified ale with sugar, during the whole fit, neither unreasonably nor so oft as they call for it, neither yet pinching them so much when they have need, always taking heed not to put any cold thing in their mouth to cool and moist them with, nor any cold water, rose water, or cold vinegar to their face during the sweat and one day after at the least, but always use warmth according to nature, never contrarying the same so nigh as may be. If they rave or be frenetic, put to their nose the same odor of rose water and vinegar, to let the vapors from the head. If they sleep, use them, as in the case of fainting, I said, with beating them and calling them, pulling them by the ears, nose, or hair, suffering them in no wise to sleep, until such time as they have no lust to sleep, except to a learned man in physic, the case appeared to bear the contrary. For otherwise the venom in sleep continually runneth inward to the heart. The contrary hereof we must always intend, in provoking it outward, by all means during the fit, which so long lasteth in burning and sweating, as the matter thereof hath any fury or apt parts therefore. For as great and strong wine, ale, or beer, so long do burn as there is matter in them apt to be burned, and then cease when that which remaineth is come again to his first nature, that is, to such water clear and unsavory as either the brewer received of the river or wine of the earth. Even so, the body so long continueth burning and sweating, as there is matter apt therefore in the spirits, and then leaveth, when the corruption taking of the finest of the evil blood is consumed, and the spirits left pure and clean as they were from the time of their corruption. This done, and the body by sufficient sweat discharged of the venom, the person is safe. But if he, by unruliness and breaking his sweat, sweateth not sufficiently, then he is in danger of death by the venom that doth remain, or at the least to sweat once again, or oftener, as many hath done, falling in thrice, six times, yea, twelve times some. If sufficiently the sweat be come, you shall know by the lightness and cheerfulness of the body, and lankness in all parts, by the continual sweating the whole day and out of all parts, which be the best and wholesome sweats. The other, which come, but by times, and only in certain parts, or broken, be not sufficient nor good, but very evil, of whose insufficiency two notes learn. 
a swelling in the parts with a blackness, and a tingling or pricking in the same. Such I advise to appoint themselves to sweat again, to rid their bodies of that remaineth, and abide it out until they feel their bodies lank and light, and to move the sweat as before I said, if the same come not kindly by the self. If they cannot forbear meat during the space of their fit, and fast out their twenty-four hours without danger, give them a little of an albury only, or of a thin caudle of an egg sodden with bonhole mace or two. If they be forced by nature to ease themselves in the meantime, let them do it rather in warm sheets put into them closely than to arise. After they have thus fully sweat, convey closely warm clothes into their beds, and bid them wipe themselves therewith in all parts curiously. And beware that no air enter into their open bodies, and specially their armholes, the openest and rarest part thereof, and let the issue of that which doth remain. The like may be done in the rest of their fit with like weariness, for that cleanliness comforteth nature and relieveth the patient. If during out the four and twenty hours there be thought danger of death without removing, rather warm well the other side of the bed and will him to remove himself into it than to take him up and remove him to another bed, which in no case may be done. For better is a doubtful where hope than a certain aventured death. The four and twenty hours passed duly, they may put on their clothes warm, arise and refresh themselves with a coddle of a neck sweetly made, or such other meats and sauces reasonably and smallly taken, as before I mentioned. And if their strength be sore wasted, let them smell to an old sweet apple, as Aristotle did by his report in the book De Pomo, or hot new bread, as Democritus did, by the record of Laertius of his life, either by itself alone, or dipped in well-smelling wine, as Malvasy or Muscadel, and sprinkled with the powder of mints. Oranges also and lemons, or such musk-bowls as I before described, be things meet for this purpose. For as I said in my two little books in Latin, Remedendi Metodo, of device to cure diseases, there is no thing more comfortable to the spirits than good and sweet odors. On this wise advised how to order yourselves in all the time of the fit, now this remaineth to exhort you not to go out of your houses for three days or two at the least after the fit passed, and then wisely, warily, and not except in a fair bright day, for fear of swooning after great emptiness and unwont air or for forcing nature by sudden striking in of the same air, cold or evil, into the open body. For nature so forced maketh oftentimes a sore and sudden flux, as well after avoidance of these humors by sweat, as was this year well seen in many persons in diverse countries in England for none other cause, as of others by purgation. Thus I have declared the beginning, name, nature, accident, signs, causes, preservations, 
and cures natural of this disease, the sweating sickness, English ephemera, or pestilent sweat, so shortly and plainly as I could, for the common safety of my good countrymen, help, relief, and defense of the same against the sudden assaults of the disease, and to satisfy the honest request of my long friends and gentle acquaintance. If other causes there be supernatural, them I leave to the divines to search, and the diseases thereof to cure, as a matter without the compass of my faculty. End of section 36 End of the Epidemics of the Middle Ages by Eustace Hecker Translated by Benjamin Guy Babington